Hi, my name is Brother Heath Reese, youth pastor of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. And this is my street preaching podcast, where you will hear old-fashioned, fundamental, independent preaching. And I hope you enjoy today's broadcast. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, and I'm going to be reading, start reading verse number 50. The Bible says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doeth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, from the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on it must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on in, incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall uh, be brought to pass uh, the saying that is written: Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is law is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Let us go, Lord, in prayer. Jesus, Lord, we thank you for what you do for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for being God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to live the life that we live, God. I I pray, God, that you'll take our feeble efforts today, God, and bless them in a mighty way, God. I pray, God, that you would take these words, God, and and get it to the kids' heart, God. I pray, God, that we'll be able to to preach to their level, God, tonight, God, and let them understand, God, and just let them just uh, be blessed, God, by uh, by your word, God, because it's nothing that I can do. It's nothing that any man can do, God, but all their trust is in you, God. And God, I thank you, God, for for showing these verses to me, God, and speaking to me through these verses, God. And I pray, God, that you'll speak through others through these same verses. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, so as I was studying this, I started studying um, uh, the the Church of Corinth, and, and and I was trying to figure out exactly where they are during this because I was I seen these verses and I'm like, man, these verses are great. I mean, what what more powerful, exciting verse than verse number fifty three? For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And I'm reading that, and I'm like, man, that's a verse that'll just get you excited and make you want to do something for the Lord. That'll make you just want to just turn some tables over or or just go run a lap or something. And, and then verses are exciting, but I was like, why are they exciting? Why are those verses placed here in our Bible? So I started studying uh, in the book of Corinth and, 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 and or the, the church of Corinth and why Paul was writing to them in the way that he was. And, and when we come to verse number 15, we actually learned that the, the church of Corinth had a problem. And their problem was they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the resurrection. And I'm thinking, wow, what a problem to have. This problem was 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 horrible. It was just a, it was a terrible problem. You don't believe in the resurrection. How do you not believe in the the resurrection is what sets us apart from any other any other religion. Um, even Buddha has uh, 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 died. He, uh, Muhammad died. All these all these people died. All these men died. But the difference between them dying and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ dying is that number one, he died for our sins, but number two, he got up from the grave. He got up out of the grave. He, he that third and wonderful day, he came. He came out the grave, and that's what the difference was. So they didn't believe in the resurrection. They had a problem, and Paul gave them these verses to to conquer their uh, their problem. And I was sitting there thinking, Lord, this is, this is perfect for us. This is what we can use to to conquer our problem. So I was thinking. What is the heart of their problem? I said, where does the heart of their problem lie? And, and, and the more you study and the more you find out is it's not no different than us today. And the problem is they had a big old bully. 
They had a big old bully. And I could ask many people on here today who had a bully. And who who got bullied in school or, or who knows what it's like to be bullied and, 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 and we could all know what that's like. We all know what it's like to be bullied and ha and have that bully come and make fun of us and poke fun of us. But we also know what it's like when Big Brother steps in and defeats that brother or that, that friend of ours that stands up for us and and, and and I was thinking about that and thinking about how Satan is a bully to us. And he's a he bullies us in a way that, that he just picks on us and, 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 and he just nip nitpicks at us and hits us with these little punches here and there and he catches us and, and and i'm trying to just realize why satan why don't you just leave us alone and then and, and you know what he's not going to he's gonna he's gonna fight us all the way up until the lord comes back until that moment when when in the twinkling of an eye when the, when the trump shall sound and the dead and the bible says the dead in christ shall rise first then when which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him that's when this is going to stop that's when satan's going to stop bullying us so i got to really digging on that and i was like you know what this paul is telling us what to do to defeat satan so when i was thinking about this and thinking about a topic i was thinking about this defeating the defeated defeating the defeated and i was like you know what he's already defeated we just needed to we just need to kick him get him down and get him out get him out of here and, and that's what this coronavirus is doing this coronavirus is trying to 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 manipulate the the, the church and trying to trying to get us down and get us to where you know we're, we're not going to worship we're not going to read our bible but what i believe what this is actually doing is god's turning it around and saying you know what you can do why don't, why don't we just close everything out let's get rid of sporting events let's get rid of all this let's set all that to the side let's get the family back home and they can get in their bible more so while we're going through this we should really Really try and strive to get closer to God. Why don't we take this opportunity to say, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take this time just to lay around and be lazy, because uh, that's what a lot of us want to do. Hey, we're gonna be quarantined. So let's lay around and be lazy. Now let's get up and let's do something for the Lord. Let's try to grow closer to Him. And, and I believe that's what the Church of Corinth needed to do, and that's what Paul was telling them to do. Uh, so I was thinking about this, and how did Paul tell them to defeat, uh, defeat the defeated? And there was three things uh, here at first that I, that I was thinking, uh, I guess for a way of introduction, uh, um, that Paul done to, to, street, to defeat that bully Satan. Number one, and we can find you can flip all the way back in, in the first part of, of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, and you'll find this. Number one, he reminded, he, 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 he said, y'all need to remember the gospel. You need to remember the gospel. And, and during these trying times that we're in today, during this during this, this quarantine and this scary moments in our life, we need to remember the gospel. We need to remember the gospel. We need to remember the death. Well, we're coming up on, on Easter, and Easter's just around the corner. And in Easter's here, that's the day that we set aside to, 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 to celebrate the death of our Savior, our glorious Savior, that His death just wasn't a normal death. His death wasn't just something that we can just, just say, oh, okay, He died, just like we did for everybody else in history. But His death meant something. His death on Calvary. Uh, you can go and study it out and know the place that He got killed or the place that He was put to death meant something. The, the How He was put to death meant something. The way the way that they talked all of that meant something and, and and we need to remember his death and remember that he didn't do it for nothing he didn't he didn't come and die for nothing jesus didn't walk jesus purpose in life was not to just come down here and, and just walk through this earth and walk through this life for no reason he didn't just die for any for, for nothing he didn't die for nothing he died for you and me he died so that i can have a life and have it more abundantly he died that i can have someone um to, to turn to a, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother i could have that 
through him. And that was that's amazing to me that he done it. We need to remember that. When we, when we think about this coronavirus and we think about how bad it is, we need to think about Jesus died for me. He, he knew this didn't catch him by surprise. His death meant something. His burial meant something. His burial meant everything. Um, uh, he died and was buried. And that's, that, that's what we need to realize is Jesus wasn't, wasn't taken away. He wasn't taken away where nobody would see him. He was buried. He was buried in a grave. And then, the, the remembering the gospel, we need to re- remember the resurrection. We need to remember the resurrection, the one thing that separates us apart from every other religion, the one thing that defeated the moment that Satan really knew that he was defeated. Now think about this illustration. I really like this illustration. Uh, uh, the great leader Napoleon, the great leader Napoleon had almost conquered the entire world. He almost conquered the entire known world to man. Uh, uh, he, had, he had almost, uh, if you could lay the map out, um, he literally had, ca- had captured everything. And he, he, he gathered all of his generals in. And he, was, he had one more fight that he was going to fight. And that was against a place called Waterloo. Uh, a place called Waterloo. And, and he didn't send all of his troops to Waterloo. Um, is the story, and the and the, the the story goes, he ended up Waterloo held their ground and actually defeated Napoleon, and Napoleon lost that day, and he ended up um, not being conqueror of the entire world because at that mo- moment when uh, Waterloo defeated him, he realized that, uh, um, or not, he realized the world realized that they could beat him, and the world literally destroyed Napoleon um, coming after that. So I could imagine what Napoleon was like. He, he he probably got all of his generals together and laid out a map across the whole world, and he probably put a a, a dot on on. Uh, he probably put a dot on Waterloo, and he said, "You know, if it hadn't been for Waterloo, I'd be the ruler of this entire world." Folks, let me just remind you tonight that Satan's in hell right now, and he's rolling out a map in hell, and he's got a red dot on Calvary, and he puts that dot on Calvary, and he says, "You know what, demons? You know what, all the, the people of hell? You know what?" Had it not been for that dot of Calvary, I would have I would have been a ruler of this entire world. But because of that one dot on Calvary, I'll never be the ruler of this world. I'll never be anything in this world. I'll never be nothing. And that's what Satan lost that day. Satan lost the entire world that day uh, uh, on Calvary. She, he lost everything. He lost it all. Uh, Satan is a defeated foe. Satan is not not some. He's not going to gain the victory of any of this. He has lost, and he will not win. He has lost, and he will not win. And Satan, we need to remember that. We need to remember the gospel. If you want to defeat the bully today, this bully that's caused this anxiety through our entire country, and anxiety, our anxiety that's cost this country millions of um, millions of billions of trillions of dollars that this 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 anxiety has cost this entire nation and this entire world it has scared us to a point so bad that we're literally shutting our doors and closing ourselves in our homes and it's scared us this big we need to remember the gospel we need to remember that he still died he's still raised from the dead and he's still coming back again we need to remember that gospel and hang on to that that's the only hope we have people that's the only hope you have kids kids that's all you you've got to grab a hold of is this gospel. So 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 when you're going through school and you're going through talking to your friends online and you're and you're trying to figure these things out, just realize it's the gospel. The gospel is what you can hang on to. And if that's what you want truth, define truth in, find truth in the gospel. Don't find truth in some in some podcast that's out there or some uh, YouTube video that's out there that's give that's full in your head with a bunch of junk. Don't believe none of that. Get your Bible out. Know what the Bible says and remember the gospel. 
Number two, we need to realize this, that we have a reason. We have a reason. Uh, we have a reason, and number one reason that we have is he first loved us. Uh, what greater what greater love hath no man showed than to lay his life down for his brethren? Jesus Christ laid his life down for us willingly. We owe him everything. We owe him our entire lives. We owe him our every breath that we've taken. We It's all his anyway. We might as well just give it to him. We owe it to him because he first loved us. That's a good reason to, to, to want to continue on and to defeat this bully is because, is because he first loved us. And then you know what? There's also there's dead. That are in, that are the people that are dead to sin, and de- people that are dead to sin need to hear that you know what? There's some Christians out there. You know what? They're not worrying about this coronavirus. They're not worried it happens if they die today. Because I'm here to tell you, if the coronavirus comes by my way, I can tell you this right now, being proud. If the coronavirus comes to my household, as of right now, until Colt reaches the age of accountability, our household's gonna be in heaven again. Our house is our household's gonna be in heaven together. That's what's gonna happen. So I'm not worried about my end. I'm not worried about it on this end. I just gotta get people. There's other people out there. There's a lost and dying world. You ask me why we get up up on a Saturday morning and spend all day long preparing at the church and we spend all, all morning long preparing for an, one, a less than a one hour service you want to know why it's because there's people dying and lost and they're going to hell and they need to hear that Jesus loves them that's what they need to hear so kids if you reason why do we continue on why do we need to do this why because there's people dying and they need to hear Jesus they need to hear that Jesus loves them that's what they need to hear number three you see because he lives because he lives. The songwriter says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives is all, is, is only hope we have. He lives. He lives. So church, if you're wondering what to do, how do I defeat this Satan? We need to realize that he is and that he's alive and that he's alive. Number three, if you want to defeat that bully, you need to realize your victory. You need to realize your victory. The moment uh, uh, and, and we need to realize there's a moment going to come when we're gone. In the twinkling of an eye. In the twinkling of an eye. Gone. Out of here. What what, what what better way to defeat Satan than just to remind him? Guess what, Satan? Jesus is coming back from me. He's coming back from me. He's coming back from me and the ones in my family that are saved. He's coming back from me and my church family that's saved. And he's coming back. That's a way to defeat Satan. Just That's how Jesus defeated him with the word of God. Jesus defeated him with the word of God. We can defeat him with the word of God. And the word of God says Jesus is coming back. He says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. So we we can claim that verse to name and say, Satan, you're a loser. Go back to hell where you come from and leave me alone. Leave me and my family alone. Don't let this anxiety get a hold of you, kids. Don't let, don't, don't let, don't let him, don't let him get a hold of you and drag you down. Don't let him get a hold of you. We need to realize that we got a new body coming. You got to realize we're a new body. And kids, you know what? A lot of we don't have a lot of aches and pains being younger. Uh, as I get older, I'm not old. 28 years old is not old, but I do feel some aches and pains that I didn't feel before. Uh, uh, that he did that I didn't feel before. I got to look forward to a new body. So when Satan says I can't do something because I'm physically enabled, I'm mentally enabled. When Satan says I can't do it, I'm going to say, you know what, Satan? There's a coming a new body that's in me, and I ain't got to worry about it because I'm going to come back with somebody riding a white horse, and he's going to defeat you, and he's going to destroy you, and he's going to knock you down, and you are going to be cast into the bottomless pit, and then cast into the lake of fire. Then you can tell Satan that because it's truth. It's in our Bible, kids. It's in there. The sting of death is gone. 
What victory can we have? Satan may be out there today, kids, and, and you may see these statistics rising of these numbers of the thousands that are being killed and then the thousands that are being infected by this virus. And it may scare you to death, kids. But let me just tell you, old death, where is your sting? The old death, where is it at? Oh, Paul's telling these people, saying, you know what, I'm not scared of death. I've got this thing called dying grace, and nobody wants dying grace. It's scary. That's a scary thought to have. But I know that when my time comes, and when Jesus pulls my time card, and he says, you know what, you're coming back to me. I've got the peace of mind that I ain't got to cross over deaths, that chilly water of Jordan by myself. I get to step over, holding the hands of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I get to, he's already went through death. He's already went through it all. And he says, you know what, I've been here before. Let me just take you with me. And that's what we can do tonight. We can claim that victory and that God is our victory. He's already defeated. Satan was a defeated foe that day. Satan was a defeated foe. My mind, when I think about Satan losing, when I think about Satan losing battles, my mind always goes back to Hezekiah in the Old Testament. I could imagine what Hezekiah looked like in the Old Testament uh, when he prayed. Um, that night because the Assyrian army with over 180,000 were bearing down on Jerusalem. They were bearing down on Jerusalem. They were fixing to overtake Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem at this time, 180,000 people would have, would have wiped Jerusalem off the face of the world and, and Jerusalem would not have nowhere to go. But Hezekiah prayed to God and, and in, in, in a less than a 10 hour period, the death angel swept by and all 180,000 Assyrians lay dead on the battlefield. I can imagine what Hezekiah was when he woke up that next morning expecting to hear war chants over the horizon and all he heard was the silence of death. Probably even the stink of death. He smelled it. He probably realized that something happened out there. Something bigger than I am happened out there. And youngins, let me just tell you, Jesus is bigger than me and you both. Jesus is bigger than anything we can imagine. Jesus is bigger than any coronavirus, any, any, any cancer. He's bigger than any person. He's bigger than our president. He's bigger than the Democratic Party. He's bigger than the Republican Party. He's bigger than anything that's ever walked this earth other than himself. He's big and he can handle this. And we need to claim that victory. You need to claim that victory. And you say, after you do all those, what must you do? Paul tells us, verse number 58, he tells us three things and I'll be done. He tells us one, he says, be ye steadfast. Be ye steadfast. And, and as I was reading this, I was trying to put myself in Paul's, shoe, in Paul's shoes. I was trying to put myself in Paul's shoes and, and say, why did he word it the way that he worded it. I don't believe he just pinned words down on a paper. I, I don't believe that he did. Uh, I, I don't. I, I believe that he he was inspired by God, and God had him write these down. So I said, you know what? If I can get in Paul's shoes at this time, it's pretty amazing. What wonder what I wonder what I could think of. So I was sitting there going, well, Paul, what was you trying to say here? So I started studying out and trying to think of what would what would Paul be mean. And he said, number one, be ye steadfast. And I was thinking, be ye steadfast. How, I, what do you mean, be ye steadfast? What, what, uh, what is our standard of being steadfast? And it was like it was like God just slapped me in the back of the head and he said, duh, myself. Myself. And I was going, Jesus walked this earth. He walked more steadfast than any of us. So I was sitting there thinking, we need to be as faithful as Jesus is. 
Winning the business, that's what, that's what he's talking about. Be steadfast. Hold on to those things you believe in. Hold on to your, your King James Bible. I said your King James Bible. Hang on to it. Don't let it go. Read it on a daily basis. Try to understand it more. The, uh, God said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of the Father, and the Father will give it. So if you've, got, if you've got something in your Bible you don't understand, ask God to help you with it, and he will give you knowledge. He, he will help you with it if you'll just let him. He, he will. That's exactly. He will help you if you'll let him. But we need to be steadfast. We need to be. Fa- I think about Jesus. He he was just steady. Uh, he was just steady when he was the same man that the disciples seen asleep on a pillar, uh, rising up to calm the entire storms of the sea, which is amazing to me. Was the same man that stood in front of Satan and destroyed Satan. He didn't use different language in front of Satan. He didn't use different language in front of the multitude. He didn't use different language in front of his disciples. He done it all the same. He was steadfast. He was faithful. And he knew he trusted in his father. That's what he done. He trusted in his father. He was steady. Then we see right here a good word. I like this word. Unmovable. Unmovable. And I was thinking about the word unmovable. Like a tree planted by the waters. Unmovable. And and that's what God tells us to do. Be unmovable. We need to be as stable as Jesus is. We need to be as stable as Jesus is. There's some standards in this Bible that Jesus has never changed on. There's some standards in this Word of God that Jesus stands for. And you know what? If Jesus stood for them, we need to stand for them. We need to stand for those same principles. We need to stand for those same, those same, the same things that He said we need to stand for. Then I was thinking lastly, He said always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. We need to serve as Jesus served. We need to serve as Jesus served. You say, what do you mean by that? We need to be servants. God didn't call us down here to live this life and to do what we want, when we want, how we want. God called us. He said, go ye to all the world. Go ye to all the world preaching the gospel. So we need to share this gospel because guess what gospel means? Good news. We need to share the good news that Though the COVID-19 virus or the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, though it may be sweeping across this country faster than any revival has ever sent, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's amazing how fast this has swept across our country. We serve a God that has conquered death, hell, and the grave. He holds the keys of hell in his pocket. He holds them there. It, I, that's whose side I want to be on. Even though this, this virus may seem like it's sweeping across this land uh, uh, bigger than anything, faster than anything, I've got a God that's bigger than that. I've got a God that said, you know what, I've been steady. I've been unmovable. Just be a servant. Just be a servant. And, and Jesus wants us just to serve. So kids, don't let this quarantine keep you from sharing the gospel. Don't let this quarantine keep you from reading your Bible. Let this quarantine draw you closer to God. Take it as an opportunity. Embrace it. I was thinking. I, I, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about. I, I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts, and uh, I listened to one many months ago, and it actually said uh, it was talking about a man who was um, who was convicted of a murder, and um, he was convicted of a murder, and he that he didn't do. He was set in prison for twenty years. He sat in prison for over twenty years, and um, he he. I I couldn't imagine sitting in prison for something he didn't do. And they asked him, he said, because he, he finally got out 20 years later, they asked him, he said, how did you make it? And he simply said this. 
He said, I embraced it and I made it my own. He said, I made it my own. So here's the thing. This coronavirus, and I'm not saying go try to catch the coronavirus. Don't take it in that way. Don't take me that way. But what I'm saying is embrace it and just accept it for what it is. If the governor comes out and says we got to be quarantined for 14 days, so be it. That's 14 extra days I get to read my Bible. That's 14 extra days I get to spend with my family. I want to embrace it and let it better me, not worsen me. Let's get better during these times, kids. It's all this is, all this anxiety that you may be having, all this worry that, that, may, that, that may be bothering you right now. It's Satan trying to be a bully. But remind him that he's been defeated. Remind him that, tell him, just Satan, you've been, you've been defeated. You have lost. You're no longer going to win. You have lost. And remind him of that. And he'll leave you alone. Give him the Bible. He'll leave you alone. He'll absolutely leave you alone. So I hope you got something out of this tonight, kids. And, and I hope it was a blessing to you. And 